Welcome to the Tech Ranch. Now, here is your host, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. And this is your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, in for a little tech talk today. And rocking Dave Blair, who's waving. Are you not hearing anything, Dave? Yes, I'm not hearing you. You're not hearing me. That's good, That's though. Probably a good thing, yeah. <laughs> you may have to take your headphones off for a little bit until we figure it out. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little tech today. Uh, have a little. Dave's got a whole list of stuff the way it looks, so that'll be fun. Rockin' Dave Blair um, with Q1 Network, ESS Environmental Network Solutions and Services, and a frequent guest of the show. Although it's been a little while since you and I have been on the air together. We were on probably three or four months ago. Oh, okay. Okay. Like that. Okay. So yeah. not so as long was, as I'm it was, thinking. It wasn't that long. You know, ago. when you're when you're old like me, you, you don't even remember what you had for breakfast most of the time. So um so first thing, so if, if, I see you got a new phone. Yep. You have the new Samsung twenty two. Slim. Slim. Okay. That's me. Slim. <laughs> You're slim rocking Dave now. Yeah. How you, how you liking that thing? Well, I just got it here on Saturday. Um, you know, it's, it's an amazing, uh, device. I mean, they just keep getting better and better all the time. Yeah. And I think the key is that, uh, this one's so, so thin, slim, I guess right. is why they call it that. Um, lightweight, um, but, uh, you know, all the features that are on it now are <clears throat> incredible. I'm excited to start taking some pictures. Yeah. So I have, video. as you know, I have the 20 and I, you and I were actually rolling around, uh, Oatman, Arizona. Yep. A we year were. ago. Yep. Playing with my phone because oh. we would we, we roll into Oatman about seven o'clock at night. Yeah. Well, dark. it was just starting to get dark and yep. the stars were unbelievable. Yep. And of course, you know, the ability to actually use your cell phone to take pictures of the stars. I, I would, I would have never dreamed in my lifetime that I could just point a camera into the sky and actually take pictures. And of course, <laughs> uh, it's got the night photo option. Yep. And so we were out there and I knew there was a mountain in front of us. I don't know if you remember this or not. You probably remember me asking you to step out of the car because you could hear the mules going yeehaw, yeehaw, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> out in the desert yep. instead of coyotes we were listening to to mules, but it was yep. kind of hilarious. Yeah. But then you take a picture of this mountain that you can't even see the hand in front of your face, but yet it took a picture of this mountain. It was just unbelievable. I know, just unbelievable. Yeah. So, I, you know, once you showed me the pictures, I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah. I mean, it looks like you're just right there. And it, you know, what, what's interesting. So, when when you're in night mode, what it does is it it'll take like two, three, four thousand images while you're while you push it down. It'll actually have a countdown on there. And uh, what it does is it stitches all of that information together to make one photograph. That's how it works, and that's why. It, that's why in low light situations, even when it it seems totally dark, there is still light there. It's just that we're not seeing it, of course. So, 
Um, but it's interesting. So I, not not to brag about the Samsung. I'm sure the Apple latest edition of the Apple phones have similar technology. Well, but the guy there at Verizon where I bought the phone from uh, said that there's no question the Samsung camera yeah. video is way better. Than yeah, it's it's really, really impressive. So um, I, I'm... I'm kind of jealous that you actually have the 22. I may have to go and get it now because I can't stand myself. I'll sell you mine. <laughs> your old one. Your would you have an eight before? I had. Yeah, I had an eight. So this is this is quite a bump up for you. It's a big bump. Yeah. for me. Yeah, you know. And we were just talking about headphone jacks yeah. and how much now. And then they've got a different uh, jack for. Uh, Fast charging. Yeah, so it, and it's funny you bring that up because part of the, the thing that I want to talk about today is USB C. And uh, so we'll get to that after the break. Okay. I, I wanted to, uh, um, so remind me of that. Um, one of the apps I love is Skywatch. Are you familiar with this? No, I'm not. Oh my goodness. So I have a brand new deck. Only took two and a half years to get built, you know, in, in today's world. But it's built, and I've been out there the last few nights enjoying the the beautiful, cooler evenings and whatever, you know. And and here comes this kind of I, – I knew it was a satellite of some yeah. kind coming across the sky. And, and uh, I just – so Skywatch, you actually – you open the app up and you point it to the sky, and it'll show you the, the actually the names of every star and constellation. It's really, really cool. And on top of it – It'll show you satellites. So this thing's coming across the sky. I point my my, and I was pretty sure it was the International Space Station, but I needed to know. And sure enough, I pointed that thing up there, and it it you know showed that it was the International Space Station. So I sat out there and watched that for about five minutes as it comes across the sky. What amazes me is how many rocket bodies and other things that it shows up. I guess there's an estimate that there's like a quarter of a million pieces of debris larger than four centimeters floating around in space now around the earth. And uh, and they are, they're always bombarding us. I mean, there's always something yeah, going they, on in the sky. They have to be coming down. They do. You know, and, they do, but they're just, it seems like we're putting more up all the time, you know, and these, we got these rocket bodies that are floating around. I, I know the earth is big. It just, it just amazes me that uh, uh, they have to keep track of all this stuff, of course, because you don't want to have one of our current, launches you know hitting something up there either so yeah uh but anyway um so check out skywatch yeah i'm gonna i'll definitely yeah it's it it is so cool and i mean you'll sit there you can actually and it shows shows the horizon so like last night when i was using it not that you could see much last night but i still like to play with a little bit it'll it'll uh show that the that the sun is just below the horizon or a little further down or whatever and it you, you, you point it to the moon and you leave it on the moon for just a half a second, and it shows the trajectory of the moon. So is it going to be coming across the sky? Is it, you know, what direction is going to, it's going to be going? And it does that with all the stars as well and the satellites and all this other stuff. It is really, really cool if you're I'll, into that kind of thing. I'm wondering if they have it for UFOs, that they'll track UFOs. Here comes one now. <laughs> this one's coming from Mars. It's an unknown <laughs> object in the sky, so I'm sure yeah. that, yeah, they probably even call it something along those lines. I like it when you're here, Randy. I am. I'm here in body and spirit. You know, I listened to a show that just you and I had done 
I don't know. What was it a month or two ago? You, oh yeah. You you came off as highly intelligent. It's on how you surprised. You look. <laughs> <laughs> you sound incredulous at that. <laughs> it was really a good show. I, I have I, a good I, thought once in a while. I enjoyed listening to that. Actually, yeah. yeah, we we need to. We actually need to do that again soon. We should. That was fun. That was really a lot of fun. So yeah. let's put that on the calendar in the next couple of weeks. You well, I love I love technology. I mean, I've been doing it since I was a kid. You know, electronics and computers right. when they when they came around and everything else. Well, you have you certainly have a passion for it, and oh, yeah. I, I didn't realize how. But well, you know, you're surrounded by it all day long, so you, this that's is what right. you do. So yeah, and sit next to me, rocking Dave Blair. Dave is with Q1 Network, uh, ESS Environmental, and Network Solutions and Services. And if Q1 Network sounds familiar, uh, Q1 Network is the one uh, that actually puts out the National Day Calendar Radio Short, which you just everybody had the privilege of listening to me. And of course, Anna Devere, who's actually kind of the star of the show. Anna's awesome. Yeah, she yeah. really is. She yeah. really is. Yeah. She makes our job a lot easier. Yeah, I would and say that's more true. Professional. Yeah, I, I can't imagine if it was you and I, Dave, writing that program and recording. It would be it would be a mess. That's for sure. All right, so we're going to be talking a little bit about USB C. Dave was just talking about on his phone. He has a USB C adapter that he's been introduced to for the first time obviously yeah uh this has been around since 2017 although more widely used starting around 2019-2020 so usb-c the reason it has that that name is because of the shape of the adapter there's what do you think randy how many adapters in the usb scenario are there there must be like 20 or 25 now there's a lot yeah, I mean, there's you know the usual A, B, and C, right? C being the new one, and then you know there's all sorts of iterations of mini yep. USB. Yep, it's like every time I buy something, it's it actually has to have its own. It's they send out a cord with it, and it's mm-hmm. a new type of USB to, uh, ending that I've never seen before. You know, so well, there's you, a lot of you just came out with a new ruling um, that there everything's got to be the same. Well, it's funny you bring that up. Yep. So, and what's what's interesting about this? So the um, the EU is uh, so Europe, of course. They are by twenty twenty four. They're going to require that all devices have USB C on them. And this is what's interesting about this is that Apple will have to comply with this. So their Lightning. Oh yeah, adapter, they have a di- they have a they, different adapter, right? So they're going to have to put USB C in all their phones moving forward too. Um, I'm. I don't know how I feel about that. Actually, I, I I'm not a big fan of government getting in the way of business and having a mandate like that. Although it will be convenient for everybody because you'll everybody will have the same charger and all that other stuff. But but it should be up to the business, in my opinion, to yeah. put whatever adapter. Well, but compatibility has always been a problem down through the years. It since, has been since early microcomputers where there were different uh, data buses. That were incompatible with each other. Yep. So I'm I'm a big fan of compatibility. <laughs> yes. And I think that you should be able to have one interface, especially when it comes to interfaces. You know, proprietary software, that's one thing. Interfaces where you're connecting hardware, I think they should be standardized. Okay. That's, okay. That's my two cents. What, what do you think, Dave? Where, well, where you, you know, I, I think it would be great. I don't have to have so dang many cords Got that one that's got right. all the the different uh, one for Apple, and then the old um, USB port, and then obviously the new one. Um, 
You know, it's interesting on, I've traveled over to India, you know, and looking at their whole situation with power, you know, their, their power cords are a lot different. They are. They have a different adapter yep. that you need. Um, phones, I would assume, um, probably are the same. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be fine. I think what will be interesting to see is if moving forward, because Europe is going to require Apple to have a USB-C if the day of their lightning plug uh, will just disappear. Because why would they have two you know, on, on all phones, would they make yeah. a separate, you know, unit for the United States that's different than Europe? Yeah. I don't know. Apple loves proprietary things. They do. And they like to lock you into their ecosystem. They do. And I personally do have a problem with that. Their products are very good, but, uh, you know, they're mostly trendy, I think. Well, I, mean, I think, you know, the other thing with Apple, they, they want to control <clears throat> the whole ecosystem because they want to make sure that there isn't, like, the app situation, for example. You know, they have fewer apps than the Android side simply because they don't allow as many apps in right? because they want to make sure that they're not nefarious. Yeah. You know, where and, Android is a little more open source and, and it's a little easier to get things through. And and from a security standpoint, I can see where yep. they're coming from Yep. on that. But, you know, even in terms of their hardware, I mean, you can't you can't buy parts. That's you know, they have a lot of special chips with special software. Yep. And it, say you, you bring this to a local repair shop. We can we can talk about right to repair, too, I suppose, because you can't buy those chips. You have to use donor boards and, and take some of those chips off the donor right. boards because you can't buy them from Apple. Right. So uh, this, this is what spurred this whole right to repair movement now where you should be able to take your device to any shop you want to have it repaired, not just to Apple. So we can t- that, that's for another day, probably. Well, I don't know. I think this is. I think this is interesting, actually. So, yeah. you know, if if it's okay to to get into this a little bit, so the right to repair. So Apple might come back at you and say, "Well, actually, the device isn't yours." Exactly. I mean, they actually, yeah. they, they actually, and, and and Samsung would be the same way. Most of these devices are the same way, where they're going to say, "Yeah, you did pay us money for it, but." We actually, if you ever look at the EULA on these things, they actually still own the device. Sure. And they own the software on the device. That's correct. Yeah. So they will come back and say, well, it's our device. We can right. do what we want to with it. Right. And, and, of course, you as a consumer are saying, well, I, I spent $1,500 for this thing. Are you kidding me? I still don't own this thing? Am I leasing this from you? What's going on here? Well, that's really what you're doing. Yeah. And it's not just yeah. Apple. It's a, a lot of other companies also. Of course. Of course. Um, John Deere springs to mind. You know, there are some things on a John Deere, new John Deere, say a tractor or a combine, whatever it is, that you can't you can't have repaired unless you go to them. It doesn't. You can't go to a third party shop no, for that. That's what I understand. So, so it's not just them. So it's it's the idea that you bought this device, but you don't own the device. You you bought something, but you own nothing. Right. And that's the whole right to repair movement is based on. Sort of going against that idea, right? Yeah. So these these companies that repair um, Apple phones, for example, and but they're not authorized Apple. So you're actually breaking the EULA when you do that, correct? Let's yeah, say you break it. I would imagine if if the end user license agreement says that you know you don't own the device, 
um, then I guess you could extrapolate that out to say, well, then I, you know, you can't repair the device. So if bring you bring it back to the manufacturer, right, right. So, but the challenge, of course, is uh, especially where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, you you break your screen on your Apple device, and there really are not a lot of places you can just go to around here that's actually an authorized Apple yeah. and get your screen fixed. So a lot of people, and of course, it's going to be, a lot of times it's expensive going there, right? It might oh, be sure. 300 bucks there, sure. right? Where if you go to one that's not authorized, it might be 100 or 125 bucks, right? Uh, so I think a lot of people, just the economics of it, uh, will go to the third party because they don't want to spend 300 sure, bucks. Absolutely. And, and who wouldn't really? Right. Right. You know, we, we don't have an Apple store <clears throat> here, so it's really not a factor. I know there, there are one or two authorized shops here, I believe. Yes, but there's a lot more that are not. Yeah. And authorized with Apple pretty much means, well, A, you have to buy from them and B, right. you have to buy so much product from them. Right. Um, you know, it would be good if, if, if an Apple authorized repair center is hearing us, if they'd call us and just, you know, verify what I've been talking about. But it's, that would more, be okay, yeah. it's more about economics than that they're more uh, qualified to repair. Yeah. And if there's somebody out there that actually has a repair shop that wants to weigh in on the 663. Yeah. 1270. 1270. But here's, 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 here's another thing is you're not supposed to have the schematics for, say, MacBooks. Right. But they're out there, right? And there's, and there's this them. board view software that you can get, that where you can see the schematics and therefore repair the device if you have the right gear, you know, soldering equipment and microscope and that sort of thing, and send some technical knowledge. Um, but you're not technically you're not supposed to have these schematics, but they're out there. And I think if Apple ever is able to put the lid on that. It's going to put a lot of shops out of business, right? Right. Yeah. But it looks like the the EU is is working against that yeah. now, and it'll be just interesting to see if this moves over to the United States. And I just want to start this and say we're 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 not in here dissing iPhones and Apple products, by the way, everybody. This this scenario we're talking about that Randy and Dave and I were just talking about probably holds true with Samsung and Google Pixel phones, and they all want to have their own proprietary stuff. Unfortunately, for all the iPhone lovers listening to us, we're all Droid people in here, so th- yeah. that's that's the I'm, challenge. Right? I'm not I'm not anti Apple. Yeah, you know, to be clear, not, but we're not, just not we're at just, all. We're just picking on them because it just their their eco is just so. They just like to keep everything in house as much as they can, you know. So but, I think but that's, that's a all. I mean, that's part of uh, entrepreneurship. That's part of you know having a. Free society that can do some of that. Well, stuff. When, but it goes back to your original question: Is how much do you want government dictating what you right, can do, right. and what you can use? And I think you know people who get iPhones understand that, and that's what they're. I actually think that people pay the premium for iPhones because they want that. They want this. You know, it's almost like becoming or being part of a club in a way. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think so. it's the cachet. Of having apples become kind of a trendy thing. Right. You know, and it's like, I have to impress my friends. You know, this may be a little cynical, but yeah, I have to impress my <laughs> friends and spend $1,000 for an iPhone. When I can buy an Android phone, it's probably got pretty specs that are pretty close. Yeah. And we'll do the same job yep. for maybe 200 300 500 right. bucks. Right. You know, Unless you're like Dave and I and have to go out and get the latest Samsung. At, yeah. At, although well, you kind of a pretty easy It was too. four years, and I got 
I went on a business deal, so I got two phones and an and a pad and a um, I don't want to call it an iPad, but it's a Samsung a little tablet tablet. And yep. uh, it was you know remarkable. Yeah, <laughs> what yep. I got. Yeah, Plus the I got trading for right. my right. phones too. You know, and the old, I don't even know to refurbish them and then try to sell them out on the market. Again. That's what they'll do. You know, yeah. they'll have them or they'll take them to another country that's that's maybe an iteration or two behind us, you know, and use them in there. Because places, if you've never had a phone before, you know, any phone is pretty amazing to you. you know, I, so. I think I told you a story about a lady out in India. In India we were at a village like... I suppose twenty miles from off road. I mean, and and it was like super remote. And I was doing a, a speaking at this church, and she had a phone. She was taking pictures. They have no electricity there, <laughs> but they were able to uh, charge it so through solar right, right. panels. You know, so they and, have no electricity. And it would be interesting to do a survey. Would you prefer to have this communication device or electricity? <laughs> and I'd be willing to bet that the winning side would be the communication device because they can reach the world with that. I don't know. What do you think, yeah. Ryan? What do you think, Randy? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I, it, it depends on the society, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. If you've never had electricity before... And you, you plug your, your magic communication device into a solar panel just to charge it up, and you don't know any so other difference. You know? Let's ask some cavemen. Let's do that. What they think. Let's. <laughs> we'd have to go back in time and ask, you know, would you rather have some electricity or would you rather have an uh, iPhone? You know, you were talking about not bashing Apple, and, and I agree 100%. But it's funny. as like, well, what kind of phone do you use? A droid. Oh, you're one of those droid people, <laughs> and I'm going. Yeah, I am. So, what are you? But, oh, you're well, I'm to the droid colony. But but, but, we, but we do the same thing with iPhone. It's just yeah. I, I feel bad for all the iPhone users right now because all three of us are droid people in right. here. So, I know. I know. It's, so it's, it's so. I, I wonder what the percentage. It's people. about fifty fifty. It is. It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know the difference is is that you know iPhones, and you have to give them credit for this too, iPhones are standardized. So you you can't go out and find a $50 iPhone out there in the new market, right? But in in the Android market, you could, I'm sure you could find sub $100 phones. Oh, sure. You know, that are brand new. But you can also pay $1,500 for the latest Samsung, you know, so it's it, it it's just wide open. So people, when they have a bad experience with their Android phone, a lot of times you have to just look at it and say, hey, you know, <laughs> you're not going to get the kind of camera that, you know, probably that a, a $1,500 Samsung has on it if you're only going to pay $100 for your phone. Where with iPhone, it's the same. You have iPhone 11, iPhone 12. All the 12s are pretty close to all the same specs across the board. So there's something to that. And you have to give them credit for that. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Just credit for marketing, period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Just, I think Steve Jobs was an amazing person, but above all, a great marketer. Right, right. Yeah. And had great ideas. I mean, he, he, he literally, yeah. literally changed, you know, industries like the music industry. Mm -hmm. Music industry doesn't like what he did, 
because musicians are still trying to figure out how to make money on all this stuff, you know. But but the, the digitization, you know, when the iPods first came out, oh my goodness, that was like the rage, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the conversion of music to all of that. And now we we don't know anything different. Most people that are you know twenty years ago, they're born twenty years ago, hear about. LPs and and you know forty fives and cassettes and whatever, but they have no clue. Yeah, it's absolutely just, no clue. It's a very small group of people that still do vinyl. Yeah, you know, still have records, but uh, growing and, again. And swear they sound better. I'm not. Sh- what do you think about that? <laughs> I don't. I don't think they do. Do you? Well, I mean, ju- if you just look at the technology, it, it's really electromechanical. All right, so. So any any dust grit uh, scratches get on an LP is going to change the sound, you know it's it's going to degrade the sound. Right. So you don't really have that with digital. All the digital produces a lot of artifacts that you maybe can't hear, but you might somehow perceive on some psychological level. Right. Um, but it, it is it better? No, I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say. Vinyl is better. I think the character of the sound might be a little different, just because of the way the technology is. Well, and, and, it, and it's it just takes you back to that time. I yeah. mean, you, you listen to a record, and all of a sudden you're thinking about your teenage years again, or oh, whatever. Absolutely. You know, that's what it's about more than anything. Yeah, else, I heard I a song on the radio. I got on my bike. You know, when I was 12 years old, went down to the store and bought the record. Right, that's exactly yeah, right. And that was that was a great experience. That was a rush. I used to do that all the time. Oh, sure. I mean, it was yeah. You're right. I mean, you would you would you would listen to music, and the next thing you wanted to do was get to the record store. I I spent so much time in the record stores. Oh, it was great. Yeah, me too. Great. So, Dave no, just sitting here like what I'm are you like. About? Oh, I was on the golf course, oh. <laughs> <laughs> not at, or the library. No, <laughs> nothing's changed in forty years. I see. Uh, no, <laughs> you're really. still on the golf no. course. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Vinyl, I think, you know, there's definitely a unique sound. Yeah. You pick up a lot. I mean, even that little scratch or something. But, you know, that's all right. It's just kind of nostalgia. It's a different different character of sound. Some say it's warmer. Um, It's going to be different. It's a totally different way of reproducing sound. And recording sound. Well, and and they all sounded different. I mean, I I have a Victrolia at home, you know, or Victrola or whatever with the big horn on it or whatever, you know. yeah. And uh, you got to, you know, actually manually put the needle on the record. I mean, yeah. there's nothing automatic and, about this thing at and all. You, and, and you mostly hear noise when you play those things back. It's, that's exactly what you hear. Mostly hear you noise, know, yes. Um, I ha- at work, we have, um, have, you, have you ever seen the wax cylinders? Oh, absolutely. The old Edison cylinders? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. You know, those were even worse. Oh my goodness! Because yeah. those things picked up everything. Sure, but think was, how amazing that was at the time. I can't imagine. Yeah, you've never heard back, a recording ever. And going back and listening to those, and listening how people spoke in those days. Yeah, yep, it's you just, know, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, boy, we've gotten off on all kinds of stuff here. We went down the rabbit hole there from USB C to vinyl. So, Red, you still have an iPod? I do. Dave, you still have an iPod? One of those no. iPod. I don't know if I'd call it a Nano because the Nanos were kind of they were they were slimmer, not not thinner, slimmer in terms of width. So I'm not sure exactly what generation I have. Okay, seventh springs to mind. Do you remember what you paid for it? It was a gift. Okay, so I don't I don't know what was paid for it. I know I bought one for my daughter years ago, iPod Nano, 
And that was probably a couple hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah, and I'm, it probably didn't hold as many songs as the I'm one I'm curious if they're actually still available. I'll have to look that up on the next break. I don't know. I love mine. So, but I think most people have just gone to putting everything into their phone now. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it's just one device that you carry. My along. phone's bulky, so when I go out running, I, I have this little iPod, which is like a credit card. Yeah, thin, and I just put it in my back pocket and. Away I go. Actually, that makes a lot of so sense. So form factor is a big deal as far as that goes, um, because I can't I can't carry the bulky phone while I'm running. It just doesn't work. So I wonder. So I've you know I'm looking at my watch here now. I know that there's storage on my watch. I've never put any music into the thing. So when I'm out walking or what running or yeah, is that an Apple Watch. It's a, a Samsung. Oh, it's a Samsung. Galaxy okay. Four, I think it is. You know. Um, but yeah, it's it's supposed to. I should just try that sometime and see how that works, because yeah. I know I can put some music in here and whatever. So so it'd probably have the same effect as an, you know, as an iPod. Um. So do you strap the iPod like to your arm or just throw it in no? Your I, I carry like a little belt pack. They have Bluetooth just, in it. And it no, no, okay. no. I, just, I use wired headphones. Okay. Uh, earphones. Yep. Earbuds. Earbuds. All right. Earbuds. All right. You not know, earbuds, I, not I earbuds, have, earbuds. 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 <laughs> earbuds. Yes. Yeah. Old school, yeah. Um, I have a a, a, trans, a transistor uh, radio that I use for swimming. Okay, I just strap it on my on my goggles and plug in my um, earbuds and oh, <coughs> swim. Cool. So you're listening to, to radio. It's all FM. Okay, so it's they water, don't have it's, a, it's totally waterproof, obviously. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it great. Have to it's be. A, just a little thing; doesn't hardly weigh anything. Wow, it was like thirty bucks. And you swim with these things. Mm-hmm. You can hear them. I mean, when you're swimming oh, yeah. underwater. Yep. And, well, yep. that's got to be a cool experience. It, it's so much. I put the I put my earbuds in when um you know before I go in the water. I go in the water, and it's a whole different sound sensation. Mm. Sure, it's just. It's you get, weird. You get pretty passionate about this. Oh, I love. I mean, that's the only way to swim. This is so dang boring if yeah. you don't oh, have I something. I know. I used to swim myself, go to the Y, and I, I wouldn't have thought you could have something like that that's in the water. Cool. I know people look at me like, yeah. well, you know, yeah. you know that, but I, I tell you what, I love it. Yeah, you know? that's, that's and, cool. And if they wear out, they well, they will. I mean, the water's going to get in at some time, but mm. for thirty bucks, yeah, you, you can't can get another one. You just replace it. <laughs> yep. And of course, you know, you you two are slim and fit, and then there's me, Roly Poly, <laughs> over here. Uh, but I do get over to the Y. They have that walking track over there. You know, oh, yeah. and it's interesting. You know, when I first started, when they first opened here in Mandan, I would put my phone on the ledge right when you come through the door. There's a little ledge right there, and I put my I'm more of an over-the-ear person. I, okay. I don't like the buds in my ears for whatever either. reason. I I think the sound quality sucks and all this stuff. So I have a, a you know set of bows or um I or a skull candy is the yep. other one that I have. Yep. Yeah, I think we both have skull yeah, candy, don't we? Yeah, I, I, I have the Apple ear earbuds. Okay, and they're pretty darn good. I'm often amazed at how good they really sound. Well, I think they do pretty good. I just I just don't like. The, these things in my ears for whatever reason. You know? Yeah, well, I, I don't blame you. Well, yeah. I get tired of these dang things. Oh, yeah. Hearing aids. Yeah. That's why I don't have them on. I mean, I could, but they'd be squealing and right, everything. Right, right. 
picking up. So, but I've noticed with Bluetooth, uh, so I could I could walk the track, and when I get about two thirds of the way around it, I would lose my Bluetooth signal oh, from okay. my from my. You know, this is a couple of years ago with the new phone and, and the new headset. Now I have no problem getting around that thing anymore. So the range has gotten better, or yeah. the 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 ability to track where you're at through the building or whatever is better now too. So I forget what the stated range of Bluetooth is. Maybe thirty feet. Well, I think one one is thirty feet, but the other the the newer stuff US or uh, Bluetooth three I think is two fifty now. Oh really? Yeah. So it's higher. So it's higher it's, power. Yeah, it's gotten it's gotten a little longer. Uh, and then of course I think a lot of it has to do with what you're wearing too and the ability to pick mm-hmm. up even weaker signals. So true. Um but yeah it's a so high it's frequency a- so it won't penetrate. If you have something between you and the Bluetooth transmitter it's two point four gigahertz. So it do- it doesn't penetrate things well. As long as you have an open space there should be pretty good range. Yep. Yep. Speaking of high frequencies so um I have dogs that bark around our we, house. We got one minute here, by the <laughs> okay. way. Okay. <laughs> is is there an app I can get that I can uh, um, quiet the dogs out around my neighborhood? You guys, anybody? I don't. You know, I could. I should check that. I just sure. check that out. I don't know sure, why. Short of yelling out the door. Shut yeah, up. That's right. That's right. Well, that works, you know. But uh, sometimes, sometimes, usually not. And I'm not that kind of neighbor. I'd rather be stealthy about it, and the dogs would just not bark anymore. You know. But uh, <laughs> so all my neighbors out there are dogs yeah. now know that I don't like you, right? I guess that no, that's not the case at all. So there are anti-bark apps. Interesting. So if you and I'm just I'm bringing this up if you're thinking about that if you have a dog that barks too much or whatever, you can actually use your phone to train them to stop barking. Or if you have a dog that's barking next to you. And you want them to not bark anymore? You can get these apps. So that's interesting. I thought. So then you do the training for your next door neighbor's dog. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I don't. I'm probably. I probably shouldn't have even brought this up now. But, but uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, what I'm thinking is that if you have a dog and you don't know how to control your dog, you put it outside and it barks all the time, right? I think most people. Who are dog lovers don't like the fact that their dogs sometimes go a little crazy, you know, because they don't want to disturb their neighbors either, you right. know. So you could use it. It's just an ultrasonic sound that, okay. it, that it sends out and, yeah. and it'll quiet your dog, you know. I don't know, but Randy looks like he says non destructive, which is good because I don't like those shock colors right. that some people right. use. Right. I mean, those are cruel. I, I don't like those at all. Right. Right. So, you know, it's just, just something to think about, I guess. I just was curious about it because I was kind of. I, I guess I, I uh, ended up waking up overnight because one of the dogs in the neighborhood was barking a little bit and it woke me up and I'm just like, oh my goodness, you guys, not at four o'clock in the morning or whatever. But <laughs> anyway, um, what was the other thing? Oh, Elon Musk. Of course, it's, I'm not. I'm sure you're not surprised that he's back in the news again. So, so the Twitter deal still isn't done. No. And do you know why that is? Spam bots. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So isn't that something? So Twitter, the current board or whatever, is not willing to give the information to Elon as to how many fake accounts there are in Twitter because that, of course, impacts the sale price of Twitter because sure. they're, they're buying it. You know, he's buying it on how many people are in there. And in, in, in the tech world, it's all about 
people who subscribe to you or whatever, and they put a value on that. Like if you have a million subscribers and somebody says, all right, that's worth a dollar a piece or five bucks a piece or whatever, that's what this is based on. And they gave him a number of 230-some million, and he's coming back and saying, you know, I, the deal was is that if it was within 5%, he was okay with it the way it sounds. But it sounds like it's a lot more than that. Yeah, he's he's being smart. I mean, that's due diligence. It is. Well, that's what everybody should do before they buy a business. Absolutely. Is verify. I mean, how do you how do you... How do you value a business? Most businesses are maybe a multiple of cash flow, um, but in in the digital world, is, I think it's different. Well, cash flow has, a, of course, still reigns supreme, but it's what what you can do with that audience that they have as well, right? So you might look at that audience and say, "All right, I have this," and maybe and maybe for Elon, he's he's like, other than the altruistic of making this a truly social media for everybody, which I think is probably what a lot of it's about. But he, but he's also a business person, so he's thinking about how he makes money with this. You know, he's got multiple businesses, and now he owns a company that's basically a digital newspaper, for all lack of a better way to say it. So he's, he's got an advertising platform now that has 230 million people yeah. on it. You know? you know, it was interesting, Randy mentioned about due diligence. But he had cut that. He was working on that deal a month before. Sure. You know, and it took him a month to start calling out Twitter. And I'm wondering, how come it took so long? Well, I think my uh, idea is that to make it real out there to uh, publish, you know, really how many users they have, um, it was more of a political ploy sure. to expose Twitter just saying, hey, wait a minute. Now, does that mean the value of Twitter goes down because they got all these fake accounts? Of course it does. So yeah, you mean that's an interesting it's gonna hurt, point. It's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt the sale, obviously. Um and you know, whether he backs out of it or not, it just can become more realistic that, you know, Twitter lied to us. There's not that many subscribers. And I maybe lied's not the right word, but Well, Sure. I mean, if they if they are stating that they have 230 million people using the platform and in reality, you know, 25 percent of them are bots, then I mean, we're all being lied to. Yeah. I mean, who's programming the artificial intelligence behind these bots and what's the what's the reason that they have this unless their their sole reason is to prop up the numbers which is possible too. That's true. People do pay for traffic. Yes, and the traffic is—it's not human beings generally, right? It's bots, right? That go out and and they've gotten very good at emulating human behavior, but they're not humans. That's right, and that's really the product. Yeah. How many how many actual human eyes do you have on an ad on a website? And that's really where they monetize it. And if you have. I mean, at, at this time, I would imagine you can probably program a bot to buy stuff, but uh, put a, add a credit card to it, and if it likes, you know, the shiny thing, it could go buy it. Hey, but if, that's not the whole point if, of it. If of course. the bot's money is green, <laughs> might not be so bad. But but that's it, it kind of right now. But it inflates the the user traffic. That's right. Numbers, and you can say that for just about any website out there. You know, when you say we've got you know 150,000 page views a day, how many of those are humans? How many are bots? Yeah, they're getting better at screening out the bots. They are. But the bots are getting better at emulating human behavior. Well, and, and uh, I mean, e- even like like with National Day Calendar, for example, I mean, we always 
this is a topic we talk about all the time because there's a value to the people who buy advertising. Um, it would be no different than a radio station if there'd be a way that you could fake people that would be yeah, listening to you. you sure, know? sure. Um, but that's that's not as probable because you know you don't have you don't have you know a thousand cars running down the road that have nobody in them yet. Now that could be in the future where you could have all these cars programmed to be listening to a radio station sure. and nobody's in there. Well, it would uh, be one person in there, wouldn't it be? Not necessarily when we have autonomous vehicles that are running around oh, picking up people. Yeah, half yeah. the time there might not be anybody in the car at all. So um, so I guess that would be a rolling bot, right? I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of these things. And, and you're right. The technology has gotten a lot better. We can usually see how many of those were actual people or whether they're bots. And, of course, the advertisers that work with us will then get credit for uh, the bots that come to our website, too. I mean, they're, they're always, they're, they're, at any given time, I mean, it's it's kind of scary how many bots are, are working through the web. And usually they're working to find, like, email addresses or phone numbers or whatever because right. their goal is to find information that then can be sold to somebody yeah. else through a mailing yeah. list or whatever. Yeah, or they're web, web crawlers that are right. cataloging the Internet. That's they're, correct. Google has millions of them. Of course. Out yep. there. Yep. Um, but those so, are easily tracked. But those there. usually, I mean, they, they're cataloging web pages and noting changes in websites and yep. things like that. Yep. Noting, noticing backlinks and things for SEO purposes. Yep. Um, they're not necessarily like filling out forms, right? That kind of thing, right? Yeah. And we have some of that too. It's always funny. Oh, there's a lot of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of that that goes on. So, um, where did we start this conversation? <laughs> or do we just keep moving on from I, here? I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. Oh, Elon. Elon. That's right, Elon. Yes. So, what do you guys think? Do you think he's going to end up buying buying Twitter or not? I think there's a high likelihood of it because I think he, he has the, the more altruistic motive of making it a free uh, communication service. Okay. You know, a, a more realistic than it possibly is right now. Okay. You know, because he's a rich guy. Yeah. He's not, he's not doing it solely for the money. I think he doesn't do anything solely for the money, but the money comes because of the mission he has. That's right. Well, it's interesting that on some of the other apps uh, that are out there that are trying to compete with Twitter, right? Um, and I was um, taken back a little bit because, you know, a lot of people just don't want to make change and go to switch to a different right. app, um, even though some of that, you know, I, I don't like it when a company can – you know, turn you on and turn you off like Twitter can. But that's their right. Yeah. It's, it's their know. platform. It's not yeah. a democracy. Right. No, it, it's yeah. not. And sometimes that, you know, you have somebody making decisions like, okay, this person can't be on Twitter, this person can. And right. what, are, what mm-hmm. do you use to judge, yeah. you know, same, what it, it is? Yep. Same thing with any social media, yep. Facebook. They all have the and, same and, thing and going you, on. Yeah, yep. sure. Yep. If they don't like your your rhetoric or whatever you're talking about, then they'll they'll but, just but take that's you off. just changed in the last few years. I don't think you ever heard, you know, five years ago that they were screening that many uh, people. That may be true that you didn't hear about it, but I believe it was going on. Well, I'm not saying so, it wasn't going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. but it, now because they've always more. been active against hate speech and those type of things. 
So, this is an interesting topic that will probably keep us busy for a little while. Any of you familiar with the company Axon, A-X-O-N? Scottsdale, Arizona company. uh, No. They just announced that they're pausing plans for a taser-equipped drone to combat mass shootings because the ethics advisors for the company have resigned. Wow. Within the even within the confines of the company, there's debate on this. So let's just let's just talk about the technology and then we'll talk about our feelings. So there's a they've they've been developing a drone. I actually witnessed the first the, and I'll tell you this story because it's hilarious and then we'll get into the serious side of this. So there was a uh, a gentleman a couple of years ago who developed a drone that had a laser or I had a taser attached to it with facial recognition software. So the idea is is that the facial recognition software could then always track the perp, right? So they they the the software zooms in on the person and they they will track them through crowds and whatever else until they get a chance to tase it. So great concept. Um so the first time he that he tests this, he had a mannequin set up in the room for him to test. The drone decided that it was going to tase the creator. <laughs> so there's this video of him running around as this drone is chasing him and finally tases him. <laughs> wow. Hey, it works. <laughs> so, so not, not quite how it was supposed to work, but it's, it's kind of funny. So, so right? the monster turned on Dr. That's Frankenstein. Correct. That's exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly the thing. So anyway, this is not the same company. It was just a prototype that this gentleman had built. So Axon develops other things for law enforcement, and they had announced that they were working on a drone because of the – they wanted to come up with a, a scenario for the mass shooting situation that we have going on um, that would combat that. So their their theory is is that if the schools had this drone and other public, you know, I mean, nightclubs and everything else, right – that there would be this drone that could be deployed that would take out the person with the weapon. Okay. So the, they, they stopped the production or the, uh, you know, the research and development into going to this because the nine ethics advisors that they had on their, on their, um, board, um, have now resigned because of controversy with this. So I'm trying to figure out what the controversy is. And I guess I want some help from you guys. A- any questions on the premise, Randy, Dave? It's it's totally works on facial recognition. Works on facial recognition. Okay. Yes. So we're hoping the perpetrator's not wearing a mask. Well, there's that. There's no. probably there might be other things too. I mean, there's there's uh, um, there's some software that's emerging that I actually just seen a demonstration of just a week and a half ago in my building, as a matter of fact, that detect weapons mm-hmm. as well. So it might be a combination of weapons detection and and facial recognition. So you're right. So if they're wearing a mask, they can probably still yeah. state that, you know, if they have a gun or whatever, that they would be able I, to recognize I like that. the concept of okay. it. But can it be made to work reliably? That's the thing. Okay. And the fact that it attacks the wrong person, maybe that's where the ethics violation comes in. Okay. I can't think of any other. Uh, maybe you guys have some ideas. I'm not sure. Well, I, you know, I think the, the whole idea of, uh, putting, uh, you know, a droid maybe in a school or around the campus or whatever is, um, is, is a great concept 
too, but, you know, we'll go back to the privacy type of thing. Um, and, you know, where does that, where does that end at? But, um, you know, could you, you know, I'm sure there might be software out there that can detect whether somebody's even carrying a gun. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what this is. So, yeah, yeah but how many are, li- how many people are licensed that have, Guns, but if you're, in a, if you're in a school setting, well, probably that, not a lot. No, I'm I'm not saying that. But how far does this thing go in you know flying around and detecting you know oh, hey that guy's got a gun or that person has a gun? But I think most schools are gun free zones, right? I mean, if you 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 can't even if you have a permit, you can't walk into a school with a gun, right? Right? I mean. That might not be true across the entire United States, but I think for the most part, you can't bring a firearm. And it's just like going to a public events, too. There are some public events now that just ban any type of guns coming in. So, But you still have some security that has guns. Yes, that's correct. And they correct. were even talking about, you know, arming every teacher with a gun, right, type of thing, scenario. And But again, know, it, goes, it goes to the facial recognition piece, too. I mean, it... My my thinking would be that if you have somebody who's supposed to have a firearm or some type of weapon to protect the school, that you can program that in and say this person's okay, you know, to have this. So right, yeah, or some kind of scanner at the door, right? Like like a camera. Yes. Like, like maybe this technology would be built into a camera, or when somebody walks in the door, it recognizes their face or recognizes something else, you know, rather than a drone. Flying around, but but then uh, what you're saying about that is it would be a weapon at the same time because it would tase the person. Yeah, it, and it, it does. It's not like it flies around all the time. Right, it's nesting until it, it's needed. Yeah, so maybe that in in conjunction with some kind of scanner at the door. You know, one thing that comes to mind on on drones, you don't hear this very much, is how many people take them out with right. a gun right. or electronics. Right, because I'm sure you could laser them as well well and zap them so their power sources out right but i mean it's just one more deterrent no no i'm and, just i'm talking generally is you don't hear of a lot of drones being brought brought down i wonder if there's going to be technology out there where there's anti-drone can, technology there yes. is yep okay. but it's expensive okay for the most part I don't think any solution on its own is going to do it. I think it's going to be a multi-pronged attack, if you will. Do you, do you see a place moving forward? Let's not even let's, let's move away, maybe move away from the school scenario for a little bit, but where drones are equipped with life-saving technology that will be utilized. Besides, just you know, maybe maybe a taser falls into that, uh, but. You know, are there other things that you guys are thinking? That- yeah, I like the concept of deploying it in a situation. You yeah. know, it might might be able to mitigate the damage in that case. Well, I, I just so I agree with you. I I think that you know, if a drone comes into a room and there's there's a shooter instance, you know, or there's a shooter in the room, I believe that the shooter is going to pay a little more attention to the technology that just came in, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So, and, and probably it might be enough time for people to get out of the room. Um, if the drone is successful at tasing the person, then, you know, we're even in a better situation. But in the worst case scenario, 
it's it's at least something to detract the attention, right? right? It would be a distraction at the very least. Yeah, maybe maybe a deterrent in that the the person might flee right when they saw the drone come. Yep. Especially if there was two or three of them. Yeah. Then it would really get exactly. a little interesting, right? You know, you're getting swarmed by a bunch of drones all of a sudden. Sure. Um, that then can you be really bring a baseball so, bat and just knock them out of the park. <laughs> I mean, there yeah. are ways to... No, I'm I'm just thinking that, you know, eventually they're going to go, and, well, this place is controlled by drones. we got to figure out, you know, that, well, of how course. to take that. Yeah. Maybe or it, cameras. Maybe spray it'll paint, stop them from spray doing paint it. paint the camera and you can't see them. And, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you there. No, that's uh, fine. Maybe it'll be a deterrent and stop people from doing these things if they know that there are these devices that right. will try to stop them. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. And then there are the crazy people that'll just do it anyway. That's right. So maybe there just maybe there just isn't any any scenario I think at anything all. Anything to help. Yeah. It, it will help situation. I agree. Out. Something needs to yep. be done. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, at the, at. Uh, the number of I was kind of surprised at this number, um, and I shouldn't say only, but seventy one percent of murders last year were caused by guns. So there's still another twenty nine percent that are done by other means that mm-hmm. we never really ever hear about. So sure, um, I have a feeling that if we didn't have guns, that there would probably be other ways that people would do stuff. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get off of serious topics. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, so, let's change the topic up a little bit, guys. Have you been looking at anything in the tech space that you've been wanting to buy recently? Brandy, you got anything? He's thinking hard. Um, not lately. Okay. No. Is there anything that you've seen out there that you would be like, eh, you know, if if the price was right, I would get it. It might be a little, little too money, too much money now, but. I mean, I was looking strongly at electric vehicles. Okay. So um, what what uh, what is it about an electric vehicle that that interests you? It, it's just it's it, it's a newer thing. Okay. You know, because I've, I've been into cars for years, internal combustion engine for years. Um, I, I own a hybrid right now. It's a, you know motor assisted. Uh, so I'm halfway there. Okay. <laughs> What's held me back is uh, the lack of charging stations, really. Okay. So if there was, if there were more charging stations, you would have I, I probably might. had one. I might, yeah. If I if I were in the market for a vehicle, I, I have to pay the hybrid off first. So do you? Yeah, you have me curious here now. I mean, is this is this more curiosity as to why you would buy an electric vehicle, or are you? Is there something more pragmatic about it? I, I'm mainly just intrigued about the technology. Okay. Um, you know, the fact that there's torque across the entire band on an electric sure. motor, you know, that's another thing. Um, you know, there's the emissions aspect of it. Uh, that That's not high on my list, but I'm just intrigued by the technology. Uh, I think it's coming. You know, I, I think we'll see a lot of electric cars in the future. Well, yeah, there's, uh, I mean, every week, of course, we talk about electric cars. Of course, last week, the DeLorean made mm-hmm. it. It's coming back, by the way, Dave. I don't know if you know this. The DeLorean uh made its official debut last week on Tuesday uh and you'll i think it's 85 grand up to 150 grand is what the pricing will be on on the new DeLorean I so. heard Etzel's coming back <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a, another one in my notes here too I've never even heard of this company before 
uh, Polestar. Are you familiar with these guys? Mm. I've re- yeah, I've yeah, that name rings that a bell. Name. So yep. I think they make cars in other parts of the world, uh, but their first electric SUV will debut in the United States in uh, this October, the Polestar 3. You know, they're creative with their cars, I guess, but uh, with their names, I mean. Uh, but they have a version 4 and a version 5 now, too. But the Polestar 3 will be, and I believe it's going to be manufactured in the United States as well. Oh, so, really? Interesting. I've heard so, of Rivian. You know, Rivian, Riv- yeah. Rivian, Rivian cars are, oh, they're so cool. They are, like, I heard, so yeah. futuristic looking. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Dave, how about you? you I got think, anything on your list? Well, I, you know, back to electric cars, I think it's interesting more than ever with the price of gasoline going up oh yeah it's people. gonna it's gonna push more people to it there's no it doubt will. but then you know i still still don't understand the whole uh thing on the charging and how you get paid for it how the state gets money like on a gas tax right we don't have anything like that yeah that's gonna you have know, to be worked it, out something because, has to be worked out yeah. but yeah i think you know i've been intrigued by electric cars I don't know. You my, know, my, my guess on the tax situation will be at some time in the future we'll have a per mile tax. You drive fifty thousand miles a year, you pay X amount of dollars for, and the person who buys it could be no different than a gas tax because the more gasoline you consume, the more tax. Well, you pay. and the way the way technology is, you'll be able to read yes from the car how yes. many miles you put on right. rather than. Can you check your odometer and tell me how many miles you right. put on? Right. It'll be like know? a cash register. You'll have a dollar figure on your dashboard. <laughs> well, yeah. This is how much you've spent this well, week. Tax well, it, you know, it, it, this is not too far off. A friend of mine, I was in Singapore oh, probably nine, eight years ago, and uh, he lives in the United States, but he also has a home in Singapore. And he got, I got in his car. And the first thing he did, he had this little uh, device sitting on his dashboard facing out, and he turned it on. And uh, I said, what's, what is that? And he said, just wait, I'll show you. So we're on the road, and we're going by, and you see it going click, 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 click. And I'm going, what's that? And he says, I'm just getting charged for driving on this road. Oh, so it's it's a yeah for for to for toll roads. It's yeah. toll roads, yeah. but it's constant. Yeah, you got to have them on. So that's interesting. So we we could actually have a full time toll road scenario. Why? Well, you know, the technology's there to yeah. do that. So I mean, would we be double taxed? Would be we'd be taxed at the charging station and on the road? Well, I think it think? would be hopefully just one or the other, but there's yeah, there's right. a possibility too that you'd have like so many cents per kilowatt hour that you're, you know, putting into your right. car. And I, and I don't know if that's happening now. I don't believe well, I mean a, maybe maybe a little bit, but not not so much for like a road tax scenario. Who pays no. for the roads cuz right. the highway, you know, the fuel tax is actually what funds the roads in our country. Right. Yeah. So. So now you got electric cars using those roads, right. but not being charged. Right. So there has to be a scenario, or or the gasoline tax will just continue to go higher and higher and higher because right. the maintenance on those roads is well, going to get. Well, right now we have gasoline tax, right, for, for regular cars, right, not a road tax, right. I believe long haul truckers have a road tax, right. I'm not sure about that actually. Uh, it's you. The money goes the same. It does. I mean, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, it goes to the deal, you know, the Department of Transportation right, that right. takes it, and then the feds get their 
percentage in the state mm-hmm. gets yep. their percentage. Yep. I'd imagine yep. it would be the same with electric. Well, it's a lot different, though, as far as, um, you know, how do you regulate that and what is that cost? You just have to, you know, you'd have it, – it is a little tougher, I guess, when mm-hmm. you think about it because you have – this scenario where my car gets 12 miles a gallon or maybe my truck gets eight miles a gallon, you know, and then there's the person out there like Randy who has a hybrid that's getting 40 or 50 miles a gallon, you know. So if you were to equate that over to an electric vehicle, you have to kind of figure that out. But most electric vehicles are all in this, you know, 300 miles per charge type of scenario right now. So I don't know. I, well, I don't know. and then it's you. Then your government's getting involved with electricity. Then right, just like they are with the fuel. We're a we're a road toll, so to speak. Where every mile you you drive, you know, you pay a penny or whatever it is that might make more sense. I don't yeah. know. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what other people have to think about that too. Rock yep. and Dave, thanks, thanks for being here as well. Hey, it was a pleasure. And Randy, thanks, Marlo. Love it. Love Always it. Always fun. Yeah, we'll see everybody again next Tuesday. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Tech Ranch with the Guru of Geek, Marlo Anderson. This has been a Q1 Network production.